Profiler community, welcome to episode 75. If you're new to our podcast, we're glad you've joined us. Our goal around here is to help you become more effective, not only as a technical artist, but as a person, a human. And the reason for that is that we're hoping that your involvement in your church, that your church can become more effective. And that's what we're all about over here with this podcast, with the Philo Conference, with our book, I Love Jesus, But I Hate Christmas, and Philo Coaching, and a bunch of other stuff. And if you're listening to this in real time, we're in the lull between Christmas and Easter. And when I say lull, I'm using air quotes because you and I both know that stuff never stops at church. And it doesn't matter if you're the only tech person or if you have a whole team of people making it happen, the church rarely slows down. Yeah, it doesn't matter what size your church is. They don't stop. And because of this reality, I think it's really easy for us to just keep our head down and move from event to event, emergency repair to emergency repair, and never pause long enough to look up and get our bearings. And I've found myself in the spot lately. I'm just going from meeting to meeting and event to event and not really thinking beyond like today and tomorrow. And there are definitely times when we can only focus on what's immediately in front of us. And I get that because of what we do, production in the local church requires sort of a game time mentality. And when it's time to go, it's time to go. It's go time. And you drop everything else to make the service happen. And for me, it's really easy just to fall into the trap of living life only this one way and not looking beyond kind of the immediate. What then happens is we can spend time on less important things and miss the big chunky items that we should be focusing on long-term. And for me, if I'm not careful, I could spend my whole life putting out fires and never really accomplishing the necessary more important things. Like instead of developing new volunteers, I spend time repairing the TV in the mother's room. Or for you, fill in the blank, what's your mother's room TV equivalent? Instead of coming up with a schedule, routine, and a system for how we prepare for a service, we spend our time teching MOPS events on Tuesday mornings. And I know what you're saying to yourself, but those things need to get done. If I don't do them, I'm gonna get fired. I just, I can't just not set up for the MOPS event. And I'm totally with you, I get it. The reality in my own life is that if I don't set aside time for the long-term goals that I want to or need to accomplish, no one else is gonna set aside that time for me. And I'm really good at jumping into whatever needs to get done. And most of the time, not thinking about whether or not there's something better for me to spend my time on. And I believe this kind of short-sightedness has led to burnout in my own life. And that might be true for you also. We need to make time for long-term projects and goals. And we need to set aside time to figure out what the long-term projects and goals should be in the first place. I would encourage each of you listening, myself included, to come up with a plan to make time for long-term planning and long-term execution. You know what? I found that if it's not on the calendar, then your calendar is only going to be filled up with short-term tasks that matter. They're important, but they won't necessarily move you and your ministry forward. If you're looking for a place to start a process of long-term growth for yourself, we do have a couple of Philo cohorts starting in the next couple of weeks. One is an all-female cohort, which I love, led by our own Aubrey Wentz, which will be on Friday afternoon starting on February 11th. So if there are any women listening or any women on your team that are looking for more specific development and community with other female production people, you should definitely let them know about this. I'm gonna be leading the other cohort, which will be on Tuesday morning starting February 22nd. So you can go to our website, philo.org coaching, and you can find out more information about specific times and if there are slots available and that sort of thing. So yeah, feel free to check that out and sign up. Speaking of Philo cohorts, one of the very first Philo cohort members who is now also one of our key cohort leaders and facilitators is the guest on today's episode. Wes Harris is the TD at Radiant Bible Church, which is just west of Indianapolis. And it has been really great to be in community with him through the Philo cohorts. And we had a great conversation together, which is pretty much how it goes with Wes and me. And yeah, so let's just jump right into the conversation. Welcome to the podcast, Wes. What's up, Todd and the Philo community? So good to be with you. Yeah, so great to have you finally on the podcast. We talk a lot, but we never record it. So this is... Yeah, this is the, fun. Should be good. And yeah, podcasts I listen to all the time and now to be a guest. I don't know yeah, what to think get, about that. Yeah, you get to see how the sausage is made. Uh, <laughs> 
guess. (laughs) Which, as a production person, you already know how it all works. Anyway, let's start with how we know each other. So we really know each other through Philo. And I would say... I've, at least the first time I remember meeting you was about a year ago, actually. We started a Philo coaching cohort, and you were in the first group. And yeah, that's how I remember meeting uh, you. Maybe we met some other time before then, but... Yeah, no, I think that's the first time we met. Of course, I've seen you on the platform at Philo and through the Philo socials. But man, what a great time to spend in that Philo cohort, sort of the uh, first one. What a great group of uh, guys and a gal uh, that was yeah, with yeah, us. Yeah. And man, that was so impactful, especially in the season that we were in, um, still in the throes of COVID. Yeah, throes of COVID, which sounds like a band name, actually. <laughs> yeah. uh, throes of COVID and then leading into Christmas too. It was like a double Oh yeah, that's name. right. Yeah, uh, it was. Everybody uh, not really knowing what they were going to do for Christmas or trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, man. if we had people in in the uh, seats or not or online and hybrid and yeah especially with we had people from all over the world in that cohort so it was everyone was experiencing it differently that's right uh we'll sort of get around to talking about cohorts a little bit but why don't you tell everybody what it is you do currently and then maybe some of your story on how you ended up where you are i'm a production director at radiant bible church in avon indiana which is just outside of indianapolis and I like to say I'm a one-man band, oversee all the audio, video, lighting, have an amazing team of volunteers. I think, again, I think we're required to say that as technical directors, yeah, that we have right. amazing yeah. volunteers, but I really do right. have an amazing <laughs> yeah. team of volunteers that I get to serve alongside each week. And yeah, how I got into this, oh man, that's a interesting story. So my background is actually in athletic training in the medical community. Okay. For those that don't know, well, I know Todd, you're a big soccer fan. So the guys that run out onto the field when the player's injured, that's what I did for 15 years. Always volunteered at church, loved technical. I'll come back to sort of how I got into volunteering. And then I had a pastor sit me down and say, hey, I see something in you. Would you consider coming on to staff? And I remember as plain as day where I was sitting, the smells that were, are, and I'm like, I don't have any formal training in this. And they're like, yeah, we don't care. This is about people uh-huh. and we'll help you get trained. You do have some enough knowledge to do this. Come lead our volunteers. And after some prayerful consideration and God's opening some doors, here I am almost eight years later. Okay. Um, doing a TD. But really what got me into the tech side was I was in the seventh grade Mm -hmm. and I had, there were, I walked into youth group and there were a couple older guys behind the soundboard, this old 16 channel powered PV soundboard. Oh, I Um, love that. (laughs) I don't remember the model number, but man, oh man, we joked that if you dropped it, it sounded. Did it have a spring reverb in it that would go off when you drop it? Yeah, Yeah. something like that. (laughs) Oh man. And they said, hey, come join us. And it was just that tap on the shoulder that, Mm. and I I was hooked with it. Mm. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. That's so interesting. Just hearing you say that, I think just making me think about the beginnings of my story. Mm. And I don't know so much that people invited me to join them back at the booth or whatever. It was mostly that there was nobody there. It was like an empty chair. <laughs> so I'm just like, I found myself sitting in it. Yeah, That is one technique to bring volunteers <laughs> in, is right, is to always have an empty chair. Yeah, but well, your story is similar to that. Again, you don't necessarily have production training. I don't know too many people who have like official production training. Most oh, people true. are learning as they go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. unique for our profession. Yeah, yeah, probably so. Interesting. So you're uh, you're leading a, a team of people uh, at your church. Great volunteers. I've met a handful of them, mm-hmm. yeah. and I uh, had a great time at your place. Oh, we loved having you. We still talk about it. Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah. The hope was that yeah you'd have conversations to to continue on after I left. So that's good. Hopefully they're all good about me. So oh, they're fantastic. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm not joking. Yeah, it's all good stuff. Oh, nice. So anyway, what I thought would be great uh, for us to talk about today was just this idea of community. So 
community is how we met the first year ago or so. But then also, so you're near the Indianapolis area and you're a part of a larger group of TDs that gather and meet often. And we were just talking about some other things you're doing with just friends who are TDs together. And I just thought it would be great for us to explore how you experience community. What do you do to to foster it? How important it is to you in your life? So maybe let's start with the group in Indianapolis, like tell yeah. us what's going on there. Well, uh, well, we are created to be in community. Mm-hmm. And I think we've all experienced that in the last uh, two years when we were so isolated. And yeah, God created us to be in community with each other, yep. not to be alone. And and yeah, I think that's just been driven home over the last couple of years. Right. So yeah, so the group in Indianapolis, the Indianapolis Church Production Network, it's a very loose group of TDs around the Indianapolis area. Yeah, we get together every so often. Again, it's not super formal, but we get together uh-huh. usually over the lunch hour. It's usually bring your own lunch. And there really isn't any agenda other than let's get together and hang and build community and get to know each other and sort of a band of brothers and gals, if you will. And then outside of that, we're able to pick up the phone and, hey, I've got this problem, or hey, do you have a piece of gear I can borrow? And then some of the other relationships that have been built out of those meetings. So it's, yeah, it's been, again, we don't do this alone. And one of the things I've appreciated about the indie group is that might be coming from, different denominations, Mm -hmm. different styles, different approaches, but we all serve the same God Mm -hmm. and we're all on the same team and we're all here to help each other. The rising tide raises all ships mentality. And man, that's been fantastic here. I would imagine too, you sort of line up all the different churches, all the different styles, all the denominations and kind of the common denominator is that everybody, a part of it is a tech person. Really mm-hmm. wrestling with all similar issues. Doesn't matter if you have a pipe organ or a drum set. Uh, the, a lot of the, times the issues are the same. Yeah, and not only style but also size. It just happens. Uh-huh. The issues are similar whether you're a smaller church or a right. big old mega church of ten thousands of people. It just happens to be on a different scale, and we're able to iron sharpen iron with each other in right. that area. And I think too, like for you, you're the only staff person at your church that does production. Mm -hmm. I remember being that person and nobody really understands what I do during the day, you know, what I spend my time on, what the challenges are. The people I work with every day have no idea. And so even though you're a part of a community, it can be, feel very lonely because I'm the only one like me. And it's one of the things I love about Philo is just the gathering of people together to, hey, I'm not crazy. There are other crazy people. When we get together, people understand, we do, to your point, we do understand, but there are things that we don't have to explain as opposed to when we're with our worship pastor or our senior pastor. We don't have to explain those things to when we're together with other church technical folks. They just get it. And there's a level of trust and understanding that's baked in with that. And that's been super helpful for me when you're wanting to knock your head against the wall and dare I say quit, to be able to Mm -hmm. pick up the phone and call another TD here in the Indianapolis area has been uh, super powerful. I would be curious, just uh, this is a non-scientific poll, but if you were to put a percentage on, like how often are you calling another TD with a technical question versus like a heart question? I don't know that there's not a right answer. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I think it's it's probably more heart than okay. technical. But to be honest, for me, hear me, it's not because I have all the technical things figured out. But I, a lot of times I go to Google for right. that, for those technical things where the heart stuff, there isn't a search engine in the world that can answer those questions right. for right. you. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it is probably more heart related and I don't do it as often as I should, man. So often we're, we joke about we're sort of in the back in the dark and we like that, but we shouldn't like when we have a problem or we're struggling, we should reach out to other people and ask for help and advice and talk about it. Don't let things stew internally or feel like you're alone. Right. Just in your mind right now, if you're thinking about the people that you would call, so if the first person you're picking up the phone to talk to, was that a relationship that was born out of the gathering together of TDs or was it somebody you knew beforehand or what's the... 
Yeah, it'd be two guys, my buddy Daniel and Robert. And those two guys, one of them, he was a volunteer for me. Uh and develop that relationship. And then another one is another local technical director. And the volunteer works in the AV industry and the corporate AV industry. So he he gets it uh, and understands what we do and what it takes. And so those two guys, man, they're the close band of brothers and know just about everything that's going on. Sure. Um, right. And they're pretty smart too. So I can send text messages for help as well. (laughs) They are your Google. Yes. Do they ever send you that, that, that there's a link that uh, gets sent to me occasionally that's basically it shows up as a Google page with uh-huh. my question they, getting typed into it. Luck, yeah. Luckily, they're nice enough. They don't do that. Maybe they think <laughs> yeah. that in their heads. Yeah. In fact, so much so we just a little bit ago, we went on a little weekend excursion together mm. and got away just a guy's trip and to even continue to solidify those relationships and mm-hmm. it was a fantastic time to connect and talk shop, but also talk life and to have those couple nights to stay up late and be guys without the pressure of life coming down on us. Sure. Right. Now, do you find that you're initiating a lot of this or some of it's being initiated by others or? Yeah, it's, it's, early on, it was a little initiation for me. I don't find that to be the case anymore. Okay. But it does take some intentionality. I don't encourage people that are listening and you're like, man, I feel lonely. Reach out. Don't just wait for somebody to reach to you. There's a church around the corner. There's another volunteer. If you're a volunteer, there's other volunteers, other churches. Reach out, make some phone calls, take the first step. I know that's hard for sometimes for the tech directors. <laughs> we're not always, you know, we're introverts. But man, I, every time I've done that, it has paid dividends tenfold. Yeah, because I think I think it's real easy if you're feeling alone to make the jump in your assumptions that you're the only one mm-hmm. <laughs> because you're feeling it. And, but the reality is, yeah, regardless of size, denomination, style, there are tech people everywhere that are feeling the same thing. And so I'm with you, yeah, for a lot of us reaching, cold calling somebody or reaching out when you don't know somebody that well. It's hard. Uh, it's hard to do, but it's also, yeah, some of the most rewarding times. Again, the thing I love the most is even if we and I got together and I said, hey, I'm having this problem with my worship leader or this piece of gear or whatever, volunteer, and you would be like, uh-huh, yep, me too. Even that is like such a huge boost to my not feeling alone anymore. Like, you don't have the answers, but Neither do I, and we can just be together in the fact that we don't have the answers. That's correct. Absolutely. And just so a little bit, my wife's a mental health counselor. And Mm -hmm. so just talking about it is super healthy Mm -hmm. and sharing it with someone else that uh, understands. And you're right. They're not going to have always have the answers. Yeah. But to be able to share about some of your struggles and celebrations, because I think Mm -hmm. it's important to celebrate as well, is Mm -hmm. super powerful. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, too, just even the idea of gathering groups of TDs from Indianapolis to get together and talk about the things that aren't going well, but also talk about the things that are going well. I don't know that we celebrate often enough, but to have a chance to talk about what's going great where you are, that's just a great reminder that it's not all doom and gloom. No, I mean, there's some great things going on around, and I don't know, maybe, yeah, Maybe it's just who we are as tech folks that we're focused on the doom and gloom or the problems, or there's always a, a challenge to, to meet. But, and I'm talking to myself right now, let's sit back and celebrate uh, what happened last Sunday. And even it, maybe that's including writing a note to a volunteer and what a great job they did or pointing out somebody else that was on the platform, what a great job they did. But right. yeah, we don't celebrate enough. Yeah, I noticed that me personally, I... I'm wired up to solve problems. So I see the things that need to be fixed and I can write a list without even thinking two seconds about, how, you know, and it'll, <laughs> and it it'll be, be a mile pages, long too. Right. Yeah. Exactly. About the things that could be better. Mm-hmm. And then if I look at it, I have a hard time finding anything I've written down that's like a success. Yep. And I think to start being more, I was going to say strategic, but just even how we how we spend each day or each weekend with our teams to say, I'm going to look for something good and be Mm -hmm. intentional about it. Uh, And then I'm going to tell somebody about it. Yeah. 
because so often, listen, I'll say Sunday comes every seven days, whether we like it or not. Mm-hmm. And so much time it's on to the next thing to be able to sit back and go, wow, that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of hard work. And man, a lot of good came from that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, th- whatever that means for your context. Yeah, yeah. I think about, I've been a part of a few building projects over the years. and oh, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little, little small building? Uh, yeah, I wasn't so involved in the big Willow building, but uh, uh, somewhat. But anyway, okay. the there are so many details to uh, get right. Mm. And we focus on the ones that go wrong. I'm just like, there. I'm amazed any building gets built with a, the number of where does this pipe go and where does that conduit belong and when does this go on before that? And But I think it's so easy for us to say, oh, that outlet's in the wrong place. Anyway, yeah, it's just I think it's so easy to, to fixate on the things that aren't perfect and not celebrate the fact that we just had a, a service that hundreds of people came to and the word of God was preached and... Exactly. No one died. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, no one died. There it is. I've heard you talk about that a few times when we've talked. Yeah. That's, that's good. Yeah. That's a low bar, but yeah. uh, that's good. <laughs> now for, for to maybe talk a little bit more immediate to like the team that you lead. Yeah. Like what are some things, what are some ways that you're like fostering community just for your own team? Yeah. I think one of the things a couple times a year, we get the whole worship team together. And Mm -hmm. I I say that intentionally that the worship and production is a single team. There isn't a worship team and a production team. That's a really important part of our culture here at Radiant. Yeah, it's a get together and we celebrate. We're coming out of the Christmas season. We had a Christmas party for the worship and production team at a restaurant. In the summer, we usually get together and have a bring all the families together at an event. But then it's also... On Sunday mornings, Mm -hmm. it's between services Mm -hmm. that we're all hanging in the booth and we're talking life Uh each other. And yeah, there's not a lot of time and yeah, we're trying to make Sunday happen. But again, back to being intentional at using those times to ask a volunteer a question, whether you saw something they posted on Facebook or that they're struggling with something or ask about work and it creates conversation uh, amongst us. So even in just those few moments between services and other time that try to be intentional, again, sometimes you're putting out fires and it doesn't happen. Now, yeah, do you feel the, like you, just the culture of your church, are you, do you have, just pretend you're not putting fires out. Is there mm-hmm. margin built in to have those conversations and that's part of the intentionality or You've just found your way to make time for those conversations amidst the what yeah. needs to get done. That's part of our culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I joke, service ends and we're having to kick people out of the room to reset for the next service because they're staying around and talking right. uh, with each other. So <laughs> yeah. I think it's sort of built in. It was here before I got here, but I never want to lose that. Sure. And one of the things you talk about in your book is task versus community. Mm-hmm. And yeah, sometimes the task has got to get done. We have things to get done. But ultimately, it is about community. It's about the people. And without those people, those tasks don't get done. And I try. And I think part of that for me is I was a volunteer before and wasn't always treated that the best and maybe taken advantage of at times. And so I just want to try to be aware of that. Yeah, as TDs, I think it's really easy to be so task oriented mm-hmm. that we inadvertently people end up feeling like a means to an end instead of the end. They are the end. Yeah. I think that's one of the other things I had uh, a guy tell me, shared a story that one of his mentors, he never did anything alone. Okay. And he was running errands, whatever. He always had somebody with him. And so I've learned if I'm doing a project Mm -hmm. that I usually invite a volunteer along and sometimes, you know, yeah, they can help but it's also an opportunity to talk and share life with each other and sort of a kill two birds with one stone, if you will, uh, thing. And there are times I do things alone. You have to, you can't get a volunteer, but other times I try to invite a volunteer along. I remember one volunteer and we were literally on a ladder about 15 foot in the air working on something. And he just all started pouring out his life. I'm like, 
we're 15 foot in the air. What's going on here? But it was super powerful. And it's something about working with your hands that got him to be able to share things that he wanted to share about. So that's another intentional, another place that I try to be intentional. Yeah. One of the things that I find interesting for me is that, so my, I went to college for industrial engineering. Mm-hmm. And one of the things about industrial engineering is about efficiency. And there's like a whole bunch of different areas in industrial engineering that are about how to arrange a plant efficiently, how to, where to put your next distribution center to ship packages more efficiently. We we appreciate Amazon doing that. And one of the things uh, that I learned somewhere along the way was that while efficiency is important, it's being effective is probably more important. Wow, that's good. Uh, And so being effective means like you're talking about, I'm going to bring a volunteer along with me. That long-term, this is not the most efficient way to do this, but long-term is the most effective thing for me to be doing. And yeah, maybe we could get more work out of our team between services if we just kept cranking. That would be more efficient. But the most effective thing is if we want these people to keep serving, we need to be in a part of a community as part of why they're here. So let's pour into that. Yeah, And I think it's so easy to get buried in the task and the task list that we it, it all becomes about how can I just get out of here as fast as possible when that's not necessarily the most important thing. Yeah, and I'm guilty of that. Even thinking on Wednesday night rehearsal, man, I, I don't want to be around here till hours, late evening hours. We've got right, families right. to be home too, but man, relationships are important. Yeah. With that. And I think we're talking about the tech booth, but let's get out of the tech booth and walk onto the platform and mm-hmm. let's create relationships with the band as well. That's just as important in the green room. Yep. Those relationships are super important as well. Let's not, as technical directors, forget that. I remember uh, feeling particularly alone sitting back behind the console and mm-hmm. wishing that someone would come talk to me and ask me how I was doing. And it dawned on me, I could still remember sitting in that exact moment, just, oh, no one's ever come back here to ask me how I'm doing. So mm-hmm. why do I keep wishing it would happen? Because it, history says it will never happen. And I'm like, oh, maybe I need to go do something about that. If I'm wishing it, then there's probably other people on the platform or wherever that are wishing somebody would ask them how they're doing. Yep. And that yeah, just got up. It wasn't really a booth. It was just a the theater seat behind the console <laughs> the, that we'd the set the, yeah, yeah. the console in, you know, in the seat, the row in front of us. Yeah. But yeah, I think creating community is, I mean, if you're a part of one that exists and is thriving and you just are a participant, then yeah, good for you. But I think if we want it and it's not happening, yeah, maybe that's why you're there. Yeah. So you, you start it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And again, I want to acknowledge it's hard. It's, vulnerable even at times for folks, but the dividends, at least in my story, have been fantastic mm-hmm. and well worth any uncomfortability. Well, and I think too, I, I don't know that we need to um, build this up as something like you need to go up to the drummer and ask him what his hopes and dreams are for 2022, <laughs> but just say, uh, hey, how many kids oh. do you have? Or yeah. can we have coffee sometime? Or just something like yeah. Even, uh, so, you know, some low bar, yeah. How you doing? How's it going? Lots of vitriol on social media, but one of the beauties is people post their lives and you go, hey, I saw a picture of this or you were at this place. Oh, right, what'd right. you think of that? Yeah, yeah. And it just is a little spur of a conversation. And I hear you, it doesn't have to, I agree with you that it does not have to be some in-depth thing, but a little goes a long way. And it and it's the begins to build. You might eventually get to that place, but it doesn't have to start there. Yeah. And I think too, one of the things I like about what we're talking about is that if you don't know the guy up on stage or the the gal behind the mic, or the only way that you know each other is in the context of Sunday morning. And it's separated by a hundred feet or whatever between the stage and the booth. And yeah, the only experience I have with you as a vocalist is you're never satisfied with your mix or, or whatever. And right. the only experience you have with me is I'm always yelling from the from front of house something. Instead of you have all these other data points of relationship with each other that make it so that, oh, I understand why you're not hearing. There's more grace and understanding if somebody in a broader context than just 
rehearsal, which is like insane, mm -hmm. and the services and in between. Yeah, get to know each other so you yeah. can have more data points of grace. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've definitely... Points of grace. Did you see I slid that in oh, there? Oh, wow. They're paying me later. <laughs> Mr. Stone, didn't he mix for that? Yeah. So he'll be appreciate uh, appreciate that. That's good. Your friend, uh, Andrew. Yeah, that's Somewhere uh, in heaven, he's uh, ringing a triangle in my... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he loved triangles and tambourines. I'm yeah, sure he yeah. did. Uh, and a, maybe geez. a banjo? No, I don't think so. <laughs> the, I'm just picturing him playing a banjo. There are no banjos in heaven, I think. <laughs> yeah, that that... When someone's story, I have found it is much easier to give grace. We should mm -hmm. be giving grace anyways, but right. let's just be honest. That's hard. But when you know someone's story and have those relationships and or those data points, it definitely becomes much easier to provide that grace for each other, mm -hmm. especially in the heat of the moment. And I think, too, the just even giving more data points to the other person about you, mm -hmm. which also helps with grace coming towards you. That's great. Yeah, I think I'm as guilty as anybody about I should extend more grace than I do. But if I want to, if I want others to extend grace to me, yeah, I need to invest in those relationships. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah, community is so important. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like uh, there's so many uh, levels of it that we're talking about, like the on our teams, on our production teams, on our production and worship teams, with other TDs, with a, a smaller group of other people that that know us and care about us. But I think the the bigger thing for me, or as a part of what we're talking about, is just the intentionality that we've been talking about that it requires. It's not just something that happens but requires work. And I would say this is maybe uh, not a great example, and but I'll share it anyway. My, I had a roommate in college that we were really great friends through the college years. And after college, we would talk. So this is like pre-internet days. So we talk on the phone every so often. And at a certain point, I realized that I was the one calling all the time. I wasn't calling all the time, but every time we talked, it was because I called. And at a certain point, I was just like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to not call and see what happens. And so years went by and we didn't talk. And I think we both missed out on something because, yeah, I just, I was, I don't know if I was being um, petty or was tired of doing all the work or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's like good relationships take work. And yeah, I wish I hadn't stopped uh, going after that relationship. Yeah, it's worth it. Yeah. And I definitely hear it might have, maybe you said petty or some resentment that all the work was on you, but look what you lost out on. Yeah. And even as you say. He um, lost out too, darn it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We all lose out with that. Yeah. We're just, we were meant to be with other folks. And I think too, we, we see other people having close relationships and like, I even think about you and your buddies going on your weekend trip. I was like, oh man. I wish I had a couple buddies I could do that with. And it looks from the outside looking in effortless and it just happens. But I would imagine yeah, that's not really the case. It was yeah. about six months of planning. Yeah. So <laughs> with kids, we let's see, there's eight, nine, 11 kids between the three of us oh and gosh. wives and yeah. work. And yeah, it takes some effort and some intentionality. But the reality is we said, we're doing this. Uh -huh. we got our wives' support, of course. Right, right. And they're super supportive of that and know the importance that this time was for us. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it takes work and took effort. It wasn't effortless at all. Mm -hmm. it, it, but it was worth every bit of effort that it did take. Yeah. And even, it's funny, we do all live here in Indianapolis, but it's funny, we don't a lot of times see each other just because we're so busy with life and work right. and kids. And sometimes it'll be a text at nine in the morning. Hey, you got lunch plans? Yeah. And it's that simple. And right. you hope that it works. And sometimes it does. And sometimes it doesn't. But until you send that text message, you have no idea. So and it takes, yeah, you just take the risk of somebody saying, no, I, I can't do lunch today. And you're like, okay. Get, and then, yeah, to get over it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then keep asking. That's right. Or you find another date. Yeah. I think that's another thing for me. There's something about food, man. Guys talk over food. My group of guys, we enjoy five guys. It happens to be a five guys. It's a good central location. It's a burger and fry joint. Yeah. Um, and 
Man, we've had some of the best conversations over Brooker on Friday. Yes, I forgot about the peanuts. Yeah, although they stopped that during COVID. Luckily, they brought it back. So that's good. They brought it back. But yeah, something about food that's helpful. I think that's another thing I do with my volunteers is try to grab lunch with my volunteers every so often out of the context of serving in the hustle and bustle and try to have a little more in-depth conversation. The nice part about food is that everybody eats. That's correct. Yeah, so everybody's taking time for lunch. And yeah, it's a great time yeah. to connect. A lot of times my guys, because they do work, obviously, and gals, they do work jobs. I'll drive to their location or right. near their work. They're coming from meeting to meeting and you just, you catch them at a different uh, mindset and a, and a different thought process than they are on Sunday. And that yeah. uh, has been beneficial for some good conversations. Sure. I had a volunteer stage manager that I was like, hey, we should grab lunch sometime. And so I met him at his workplace and I don't think I knew this or if I didn't realize the scope. He was a plant manager for, oh gosh, contact lens factory. Wow. So they made contact lens. It was the cool. I'm like, you got to give me a tour. It was like the coolest experience. But just to see that him like managing, uh, there were like maybe 500 employees or something at that mm-hmm. location. And I don't think I was really questioning whether he could handle being a stage manager. Was, oh, I think you've got a lot more uh, in you than we're asking for. Um, right. Yeah. You would have never known that right. had you not invited him to lunch and to see that. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. The other thing I'd love your perspective, we're talking about TDs being intentional, but how do you think, how can we encourage our volunteers to be intentional with each other. Obviously, churches, we have small groups and I've got a couple of my volunteers that are in small group together mm-hmm. inside the, the the church construct, but I'm trying to figure out, and I think I think it takes time and intentionality things we're talking about it, but yeah. I wonder if there are other things that we can do to help create that uh, community amongst each other without right. us having to always facilitate that. Sure. And I think there's something about even, I was talking to somebody recently and we were talking about yeah, maybe just even say, hey, we're going to be at, we're all going out after every service to this restaurant. And whoever oh, yeah. wants to go can join. And whoever doesn't, you don't have to. And just not making it a super formal thing, but just something regular that people could, that had bandwidth or capacity could mm-hmm. join in on. I think the thing that's really fascinating about just what we're talking about is that it's, I think it's easy to try to think about what could we do to make our team be experience more community and we set up something and then just even if we're involved, okay, we're going to do this and this is going to be our solution and maybe it works for a while, but then it starts not working and we, I think it's real easy to beat ourselves up instead of saying, you know what, this was a season that this, is, this worked for us. And now is a season that we should do something different or stop doing it or think of something different to do. Because I think maybe I'm bouncing around my ideas, but the, just thinking about the people on your volunteer team. So I'm just picturing the circle of volunteers that I met when I was at your place. Everybody's in a different phase of life. Everybody's like they're they're working 40 hours. They volunteer with their kids' soccer club. They've got four kids. They Or, or this guy's retired or this person has no kids or newly mm-hmm. married. And the thing they all have in common is they're serving together. And then trying to create something outside of that, just it doesn't necessarily fit everybody's lifestyle. And for some people, it might work. When I was, this goes back a lot of years, but I had a guy on my staff. He and my wife were really good friends. And our kids were good friends. And so Saturday night after the service, we would all go to Big Boy, my Fricious. least favorite restaurant in the end, on the entire planet. Every time I'm just like, why are we going I to Big wanted, Boy? I always wanted one of those statues in my yard. Right, yeah. So in our, our little town, the Big Boy statue usually around homecoming time uh-huh. ended up on the roof of some high school or whatever. <laughs> yeah. That and the Little Caesars statue, the old school. Oh, yes. yeah, we had one of those pizza, too. Pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. that's good. Anyway, oh, yeah, I just yeah. I think yeah, yeah, and so for a season, it really other than I I didn't like going there. It worked for our families. And there were a couple of people on my team on a staff wise. They had no kids, or I don't want to. I don't want to ask them to go to Big Boy with us. I don't think they'd like it. Maybe I should have asked and let them say no. But yeah, I hear what you're saying. That I sort of hear maybe. Uh, the last thing we need is another thing to do, yep. per se. Yep. I think yep. I hear you saying that. And I, I totally hear that and I agree with that because we are all busy. And so it's trying to strike that balance, I think, mm-hmm. specifically with our volunteers. Yeah. 
of going, we're already asking them to serve, they're working their jobs, they're volunteering other places. And so I think that's where that intentionality that we've talked about before is those between service times, lunch, yeah. you know, times when they already have open time that you can step into those moments. Yeah. Uh, and I think too, I think there's a couple times, you even mentioned it, like during the year, like everybody's coming to this. Mm-hmm. We're going to do yeah. this. We're going to, it's going to be an event or something that we create for our teams. But then I think outside of that, it's this idea of saying, hey, everybody, we're going to Portillo's after yes. after the service. Chocolate cake. <laughs> and Yeah, whoever wants to come. I love and that. And I think sometimes the beauty of that is if there's something really, if God's doing something there or something's happening, then people will come naturally mm-hmm. versus trying to like, why aren't more people coming? Even if it's two or three people, I think... What does Andy Stanley says, do for one what you can't do for everyone. I think in those times of the year to say, hey, what do I wish was happening and just create that for who who it works for. And yeah, maybe it doesn't last forever, but do it while you can. Yeah, I had had some audio volunteers that they would go to work at like six in the morning. Holy cow, that was early. (laughs) And I would, we would go to Denny's at five o'clock in the morning. And Literally, we just, that's, oh man, I was so tired that day. <laughs> I'm not a morning person. They were, which is great. Can he's just, okay, make a sacrifice. Uh, and I don't, Denny's is fine. But yeah, they loved it and looked forward to that. And darn COVID sort of stopped that. And I haven't spun it back up again yet. But there wasn't always a purpose behind that. And I think that's what you're talking about yeah. after service. It's, let's just go hang out. Yep. And sort of see where God leads. The intentionality is creating the space and then letting the Holy Spirit go from there. It's not like you need to always have an agenda or a schedule or questions. Probably if you looked up somewhere, just the definition of community, that it's not something you can plan or program or it's like people connect, people don't connect, people feel connected, they don't feel connected. But yeah, creating the space for it to happen. It feels like so many other things that we're responsible for making I just think about the relationship that God wants to have with us. There's so much about it that is us taking a step towards him and then letting him worry about what the results of that step are. God has a plan. So especially if you're feeling like, oh, I I need to gather the team together. Yeah, just do it and let God worry about how it affects people and what comes out of it. Yeah, in the last like six weeks, this isn't really community, but... I've been impressed. I've been, it's been impressed onto me just to share your story. Mm-hmm. And it's not your job to decide whether it's impactful or not impactful mm-hmm. or how it's supposed to impact others. Mm-hmm. God just says, share your story. Yeah. And trust that the Holy Spirit and God's going to do what he does with that right. story, be open handed with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. You create yeah. those spaces and let the Holy Spirit work, which is what we do on Sunday mornings. Right. Yeah. Not, it is what we do on Sunday yeah. mornings. Yeah. I think it's so easy to, especially when you think about, oh, I need a team gathering or a team night or once a month thing or whatever. And so there is a part of that. If you're a leader of that team, you do need to do some planning and you need to be intentional about the time that you're spending. But at the end of the day, the results are in God's hands. What will come out of that that gathering together? Yeah, that's not your responsibility to carry. No, it's it's not. And <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, it's not at all. And it might not be the outcome. Might not be what you right. were originally planning. Yeah, yeah. And typically, it's better <laughs> yeah. than what you originally planned. It's not even something you couldn't even imagine. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. With that, yeah, it just takes that first step. Yeah. Uh, with it. So I'm thinking that the, just the, as we've been talking, there's so much about what we're saying that is just, there's a lot of take the first step Mm -hmm. that we're talking about the get to know somebody, you make the first move, plan a gathering of TDs in your local area. You, you call your friends and pull something together. You want community happening between services. Yeah. Just be intentional about that time. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's definitely not going to happen by itself. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, something will happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you right. know, but yeah, I guess doing nothing t- is an option. Yeah. That yeah. is a choice. Yeah. It is a choice. <laughs> I guess I'm too much of a control person to just <laughs> let it go and, and with community, at least in that way. You're not paying me to say this, but 
hey, TD, put a couple of volunteers in the car and drive to Chicago for Philo. Yeah. Listen, the content's great, but I'm telling you right now, the time with my volunteers when I come to Philo in the hotel and the car ride from Indianapolis to mm-hmm. Chicago is way more valuable than any of the content that the Philo team puts on. Start budgeting now mm-hmm. and bring a volunteer with you. Yeah. Don't come by yourself. I'm uh, in 100% agreement with you. The experience that comes attending Philo is like going to summer camp for tech people. It's yeah, it is. The drive there, the like what happens in the hotel and the lobby, or just in between times when you're out for pizza or whatever. Like mm-hmm. those are the moments that knit you closer together as a team. Yeah, the things you learn at Philo, great. Maybe the wor- some worship ex- shared experience oh, the worship there is, is fanta- so great. Bill one and the team is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, there's something to that for sure. So now that you sort of opened the Philo Sorry. can. Send me the check once. Yeah, I, and we're like coming up on time here, but the, just thinking about the cohorts that, that you and I have been a yeah. part of over time, I have to say they've been super impactful for me. As stressful also, but just like leading a small group is not uh, the easiest thing in the world, but the relationships, the knowing you could tell your story and the people listening get it, and even being able to share your struggles and know that somebody has dealt with it and has some suggestions or, yeah, we're all in it together has been a really sweet kind of community that I don't know that I've experienced before being in a small group of TDs meeting on a regular basis. Oh, absolutely. It's, yeah, again, I I think it's a perfect example of, you throw something out there and, and see God work and do something immeasurably more than you'd ever imagined with it. I know the several I've been in, cohorts I've been in, it's, man, it's been super impactful. Mm-hmm. It's to be with TDs from literally around the world for sure, yeah. and different sizes of churches and to hear them struggle with some of the same things and to celebrate some of the same things and have mm-hmm. some of the same stressors that I do and to be able to talk about that and to hear how they have dealt with that yeah. and their ideas and their suggestions is it's invaluable. And yeah, I'd encourage anybody to sign up for one. I am a little biased just because I've been so impacted from them. Right. But I think that'd be another intentional step a TD could take yeah. is sign up for a cohort. Yeah. It might be a little uncomfortable. You talked about leading small groups. I've led plenty of small groups. Leading on Zoom is it's, uh, <laughs> it's different for sure, but we've all, at least the groups I've been in, we've all been able to get past the technology and in fact, leverage it for good because we've all been around the world and the country right. yeah, and have create some amazing relationships such that I have cell phone numbers of these guys now. We talk in a Slack channel and... Yeah, it's been fantastic. I, yeah. Yes. I, it's the the last cohort that I led had, we had one one meeting in particular that one guy was on vacation in Turkey. Oh, wow. A guy, oh. so it was like midnight or something like that when he was joining. And then a guy in Germany and somebody in Hawaii. That was like the stretch of our time zone. That's awesome. And then a bunch of Midwestern uh, people. But the thing that was amazing is that we all had the same challenges, concerns, issues. Mm-hmm. The location did not matter. The size of the church did not matter. We were all in the same boat. And yeah, yeah just a beautiful time Yeah, yeah to be together well, and acknowledge that we're all, this is what we're doing isn't easy, but we can do this together. Yeah. It's been fun to talk to Aubrey a little bit with the all-female cohorts that she's led. And that's that's just another challenge that I can't understand for sure uh, at all. And so how impactful that's been to that niche. And it's much, much needed. Yeah. You think about the world of church tech people is a kind of a, a very narrow uh, mm-hmm. group of people. Yep. And then you take females doing production in the local church. That's like a sliver of, but yeah, it's been great to see that group of women uh, come together and support yeah. each other. And yeah, it's, it's yeah, been, so cool. been impactful to hear some of those stories yeah. that Aubrey shared. So mm. yeah, sign up for a cohort. There you uh, go. Yeah, Philo is not paying me to say that. That is, I'm a nobody from an endorsement perspective, but definitely it's been impactful both in my leadership, hmm. both in my technical and in my technical skills, mm-hmm. but even as a dad and as a husband. Yeah, because it's allowed me to pour off some stress 
Hmm. into a safe group and not yeah. take it out onto my family. <laughs> and yeah, it's been super, super hmm. impactful for me. All that to say community is important and it's up to each of us to to go after it with our teams, with ourselves, with fellow TDs. And yeah, yeah, thanks for talking about community today, Wes. Oh man, thanks for this having me, Todd. It's always a pleasure to get to sit across the screen <laughs> from you. And so, yeah, thanks so much. Good. Yeah. We'll see you in May in Chicago. For sure. Yeah, I'll be there. Okay, good. <laughs> That's so will I. At least okay. I'm planning on it. God willing. So. Nice. One, two, three, four. Oh, man, I love Wes. He has such a heart for his volunteer team and for the community of technical artists in the Indianapolis area and really around the world. And I wrote it down immediately when he said it. There is not a search engine in the world that can answer your heart question. Oh, man, that is so good. You know what? For us doing technology in the local church, we love researching gear. We love figuring out new ways of doing things. Those are important. But really, what we need is connection with each other and with Jesus. And the next new piece of gear is not going to solve the problems. It'll solve some problems, but not the overarching capital P problem. People and Jesus, connection with those things, that's what we need. I also liked how we talked about always having somebody with you to learn. I'm super guilty of just, it's faster if I just do it. But if I'm always doing stuff alone, then I'm going to always be doing stuff alone. And the same goes for you too. But if you have somebody learning as you go, it's a great way to multiply yourself and start giving away tasks and entrusting people with real responsibility. And it's one of those long-term view things that I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast. So consider that, but make sure that you have somebody with you as you're doing stuff. So that was so great to have Wes on the podcast. If you're looking for more of that community with people and with Jesus, don't forget, check out our Philo cohorts, which are starting soon, philo.org slash coaching. Also, we're approaching the deadline for the price of tickets for the Philo conference to go up. And by approaching the deadline, I mean it's today. So if you're listening to this in real time, now it's time to do something about it. Just a reminder, Philo Conference is May 10th and 11th in Chicago. We're doing an online version and an in-person version. We've been selling tickets like crazy here recently, a lot of in-person uh, tickets. So super excited about gathering back together. But we also have some really great plans for the online version if you can't make it in person. The online is going to be super extra special also. Yeah, feel free to sign up. And good news for you, we're offering a discount because you listen to the podcast. So if you go to purchase tickets, you can use the promo PODCAST10, all caps, PODCAST, and the number 10, 10. And you get 10% off your ticket price. And that applies to the in-person, the online, single tickets, groups of tickets. Basically, that's the equivalent of buy 10, get one free. Pretty good deal. So go to philo.org and you'll see all the info there. For us around here at Philo, we're in the season of constantly updating details about the Philo Conference. So stay connected to everything happening by signing up for our newsletter or by following us on social media, at Philo Community on Facebook and Instagram, at Philo Conference on Twitter. And if you have any ideas for guests on the podcast or topics for us to talk about, you can send that information to philopodcast at philo.org. All right, good to be with you again. See you next time. Thank you.